are reviewed but not read by yours too. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library where I've spent the last 20 weeks foraging for food and becoming familiar with the local wildlife, uh, building myself various structures and a, and a, and a visitor centre. Yes. And I brought you your library card. And yes, yes, exactly. I have done nothing except prepare for my library card. Here you go. It's, as you can see, it has your photo on it. Yeah. It has your uh, name on it. I'm asleep in this photo, though. Well, well, no, it's it like, looks like an infrared picture of. Are you watching? I'm not watching you. Oh well, that's um, good enough for me. Okay, so yeah. if you hold it up to the light, yes, yes. Uh, you can see that there's like this silver filigree uh, kind of woven oh. into the card. Oh, that's very pretty. Yeah. Think of it as like the RFID antenna in your bank card, except it doesn't work on electronics. But don't worry about that. So no, this should I'm give not, you, this I'm should give you access I'm, to yeah. new areas of the library, including the cafeteria. Ooh. Uh, and um, don't get it damaged. Like if any of those silver filigree lines break, put it down and walk away. No, or... no, no. Keep it on you, but just like make sure you're not in any of the new areas when that happens. Okay, excellent. Well, being unattended for uh, for two weeks at a time in a in an alien. And, and like book rich environment with well aliens no to aliens me. well not many there are certain risks that i'm i'm learning are just part of my life now that i'm i'm here in your library mm-hmm. i kind of forget what life is like on the outside what it was like to see regular yes, colors good. instead of instead of uv colors what what regular animals mm-hmm. were like instead of yes. the bookworms and the and the velibraptors mm-hmm. what it was like to have friends mm-hmm. who didn't sort of nod and grin mm-hmm. knowingly every time that i tried to open up to them yeah uh, no, and no, and make fine. a little I'm, mark I'm on their glad, clipboard. I'm glad to hear that yeah. things are progressing fine. Yeah, and that's another three marks you're making on that clipboard. Okay, well, cool. I'm, uh, yeah, what's really going to bug you later is that I didn't have that clipboard with me when I came in. I'm actually really pleased. Like, having my own library card, because it says library card. Yep. And then a picture... Of you. Of, of, of me and asleep. Says, and nothing else. Yep, and it says khaki. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anything happens, like, will people be able to identify me correctly? I, I've, I've, I've grown increasingly more concerned. Are your dental records on file? If I were to call your dentist, would they be able How to provide? How does that? Oh, dentists keep them. Yes. Do they? They keep your x-rays and stuff like that, you know. So when they, they talk about looking up a dental database, they're really just calling someone's dentist. Yeah. They're just figuring out who's this guy's dentist, and that's why they're fairly easy to falsify. So you told me about some of these these new areas. Now, mm-hmm. uh, over the over the weeks that I've been here, I'm I'm kind of a, a conservative explorer, yeah. right? I don't I don't I don't travel very far very quickly. I've been like unspooling the the fire hose as a as a as a means of finding. Well, that's only going to get you about twenty meters, isn't it? Well, those first few weeks were were pretty precarious mm. and, uh, uh, and scary. And I've also taken to turning some of the books upside down in their shelves so I'd yes. be able to recognize them, still maintaining the same position because I mm. uh, I have a lot of respect for the Dewey yes. Imperial system that uh, everything's organized by. But remember, in the in, in in the section of all the mystery novels, all the books are turned with the spines towards the back of the cabinet anyway. Because you know. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. It made them it made them very hard to find, but that was part of the fun. Well, that's the thing. What can you tell me about the cafeteria? Sometimes I man the cafeteria myself. It's really what I call the kitchen, but it's like it's much nicer to call it the cafeteria oh. than just the kitchen. So if I see you there wearing a, an obvious mustache and a and a hat, yes. I'll just I'll just wink it'll and be then like it'll be like Archer and Bob's little- burgers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. What do we have in store for our readers today? Right. Uh, today's book is by James P. Hogan. It's called Inherit the Stars. This one's actually pretty easy to describe. We have well, two 
two white-suited astronauts yes. um, and an orange-suited uh, astronaut corpse. Yes, absolutely. That the, the white-suited astronaut. And behind them is the, is the usual sea of stars and the uh, there's a sort of, of some small planetoid judging by the lack yeah, of horizon. Yeah, asteroid pocked. The other one has, yes. a, has a space shovel. And at first, I thought that there was maybe two orange-suited astronauts, but no, it's just that he's, he's half, it's half buried in the, uh, in, yes. the, in the regal. Kind of like green boots on the Mount Everest, but this is an orange suit on the asteroid. Green boots on the Mount Everest? Oh, you never heard that one? No. Uh, so there's lots of corpses on Mount Everest. But a lot of times they just can't be moved because they're frozen solid in place. Oh, wow. And That's they're great. basically used as landmarks. And one, oh, of the, wow. one of the more famous ones was called Green Boots, named because of the... Uh, the very flashy green boots that he was wearing. It's like uh, believed to be an Indian mountain climber. Wait, they haven't been identified? Uh, well, I think not, not a lot of people go there to like check up on this thing. And it's, it'll, it can take up to six or eight people to get one corpse down from the mountain. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, so it, it's, it's horrendously dangerous to do so. So, yeah, it's... Uh, or one Brian Blessed. Well, has he been up there? Uh, he came very close, and then uh, his, his climbing partner uh, fell ill or, or, or whatever, and right. then he... He carried his climbing partner down oh, all wow. the way from, and they were like very close to the top because he's he's Superman. Wow! Have you ever seen him in interviews? By the way, I'm sorry, I said the word Brian Blessed, and now it's all I can Brian think about. Brian Blessed. One, yes, it's it's so celebratory when he announces himself. Like I'm Brian and Blessed, blessed. And, and it comes like, out of that beard, and it's oh, like <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, well, which I also think is quite amusing. Is uh-huh. that you could see the. Uh, the band, the colored bands, in this case, golden bands on the white suited uh, guys, harking to the Apollo missions where they had red bands on the suits. Oh. However, they only had them on one suit. The commander had red bands on the suit and the uh, pilot didn't because after the m- mission with Aldrin and uh, Armstrong, they discovered yeah. that it was very difficult to tell them apart in photos. Both these guys have gold bands on their suit is missing the point. That's kind of what, uh, what, the, what the story is about a little bit. I mean, well, they, are, they are astronauts from the Commonwealth of Milk and Honey. Uh-huh. So the idea of uniformity is, uh, uh, is a pretty important like cultural touchstone for yes. this uh, uh, this space civilization, uh, even though we're on an archaeological dig here. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 uh, the spacesuit of the uh, uh, the the CMH, the Commonwealth of Milk and Honey uh, yes. astronauts, are much much more advanced. Yes, they're recovering. Haha! I've got another note. Let's see if this one sticks. They're recovering uh, um, this this old desiccated uh, uh, astronaut corps with, with a far far inferior spacesuit because these are members of Space Zaka. This is the organization that in Israel provides uh, disaster victim identification. Mm-hmm. They're, they're made up of like Orthodox Jews, but they also have like Muslim and, and Druze teams uh, yeah. and Christian teams oh, that so operate like on the Sabbath. So, so yes, you can see the shock in the uh, astronaut on the right. So you can, it, it's in its po- posture because like the spacesuit of this person that they're digging out from under this rock is wearing one of the forbidden colors. The orange is, is really quite shocking. But These, something they've never seen in their lifetimes. No, no. Uh, milk and honey, like everything is white and gold in their in their environment. Oh, we should mention by the way, um the uh, the back cover blurb of this book was uh, uh, in a world where fashion where poor fashion choices mean death, one man dares to wear orange. Yes, and this is his story. That was a uh, uh, this book was by the way recommended to us by our friend Chris. 
Uh, yes. Um, Thank you, Chris. Uh, it, 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 the uh, milk and honey cartel has got some very strict rules on uh, well, things that are taboo in uh, uh, in couture. Orange being one of the. It's a it's a vulgar color. It, thou shalt not orange. It's, a, it's the prime <laughs> commandment of the prime directive of uh, couture. Now that's not a message that our countrymen have have really received because orange is a very celebratory color in the Netherlands. Well, I know that, but you know that's like this book is like I don't think Mr. Hogan is Dutch. No, he's probably Hulk Hogan's uncle. Ooh. So yeah. Are two astronauts. Uh, well, one of the two guys is Robbie Stardust, uh, heir to the uh, uh, Borealis Couture Empire. Ooh, ooh, and is that the one? That's the one that's signified by the uh, uh, the white and gold trim. Yes, that's their thing. Uh, yeah. they, they, he's basically doing his internship. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's there. some it, people it, they it, go to a kibbutz for a, exactly. for a year. He's I on think mission. Some would call absolutely. it absolutely. It's like it's the archaeological dig at uh, Tau Alpha Ceti, where he's which is a that's a real. Star and Star City Alpha, but I'm pretty sure that Mr. Hogan just like grabbed something that sounded cool and just made it up on the spot. I don't think it's stupid at all. I think the Tau Alpha City is a very cool name for it a, does for a star, but that's the system, right? It's not the it's not the planetoid. It's it's kind of left in the middle. Uh, it's like well, oh, is it? Uh, yeah, it's strange how when I when I point out <laughs> obvious logical flaws, it always turns out to be ambiguous in the book. Well, yes, we should really start reviewing authors that are willing to commit more and to dig their own <laughs> graves the way that we do well yes uh, uh, well i think uh, the tau seti refers to the system and alpha is the uh, uh the, the prime yes. uh, the prime uh, planet correct, in there because this is the uh, the french name structure absolutely of, yes where, uh, they, where, where they where they change the order around uh, like they yeah, have the whole thing in where in their view they correct the well order. yes unless it's one of the, the 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 18 words that are the order is the other way around it's like the uh, uh, adjectives yeah adjectives, yeah Oh, grand, chaud, grand, vite, vite, gros. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what are you doing now? I'm trying to remember the line. That vite. I, vite. That's fast. Vite, yeah. vite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is French. No, I was like... So oh, there's, well there's, a, done. there's a bunch. Of, uh, they had that drilled into me at, in, in my in my first year at French in high school. And for some reason, I've still got that like, little no, that's drill great. of that's words really memorized useful. in my head. I mean, well, English I don't has... speak any other French. <laughs> De rien, de rien. Like English has a uh, hundred and what is it, eighteen hundred and twenty-eight irregular verbs, and mm. then then French just has like eighteen irregular adjectives. That's fine, yeah. and some irregular verbs as well. It's at least it's one of those things where there's a clear, where there's a clear uh, rule for it. It's like it, it's always in this order, unless it's one of these words, then it's the other way around. Simple as that. Yeah, once you have that memorized. Yeah, good luck making rules like that for English. E after I, except after C, or what, well, it what works. is the... It works, because there's like, plenty of examples where it's not correct. But any time you doubt it, then the rule works. It's, it's, <laughs> that's the thing. When the word is pronounced in a way that you, you, it doesn't give you clarity whether or, whether or not it's a uh, I, E, R, E, I, then the rule works. In all the examples that you can give where the rule is not correct, there is no doubt about how to how to spell it. Because when you pronounce the word, it's immediately clear that it's not... Uh, right. So I was going to I was going to give this as an example of yes. English weirdness pronunciation, but it's, it's actually not not fair. I was looking at like uh, uh, family names that um, are pronounced differently than you would expect. Like, yeah, but names are always like you know. But anyway. well, then you also get like uh, this is actually a Scot surname. Yeah, uh, M E N Z I E S, like Menzies. You'd think oh, right. Yeah. Except that was the romanization of a name that was written with letters that no longer exist in the in the English alphabet, in the oh, Latin yeah. alphabet. So uh, like. Uh, English had a lot more letters when oh, yeah, the Gutenberg yeah. press arrived in uh, yes, uh, the, the German the, the made. Thorn being the, the, thorn the and yeah. the and the F 
Uh, and also this one, yeah, it was the Joch, uh, uh, and it was substituted with a, with a Z. So you have this name Menzies, which is actually Menjoch. Mingus. Mingus. Okay. Mingus is how Mingus. it's pronounced. And so there's a limerick that sort of plays on that. Ah. Um, there was a young lassie named Menzies that asked her aunt what that Thensies. Said the aunt with a gasp, my dear, it's a wasp, and you're holding the end where the stens is. Okay. Uh, where the sting is. At the, oh, sting. He asked what that no, no. thing is, and you're holding the end uh, where the sting is. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, no, so I'm sorry. I'd like uh, by that. Sorry. Uh, that was my can, one use of one of my favorite limericks. No, it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's that fine. means we can. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right. Um, back to the. Yeah. So uh, we've back, got back Robbie to Stardust. Tau Alpha Seti. Yes. So Robbie goes back, uh, takes the takes the corpse with the. Fo- well, actually, if you notice the guy's spade, he's not digging the sand away from the corpse. He's trying to cover it back up. Ah, yes, it's a it's, it's a, a forbidden color. It's, it's like a forbidden the, color. It's like even seeing it is like it. even seeing it. Yeah, is and like the, the other taboo. one is uh, Inokenta Armstrong. Yes, his uh, uh, his partner in crime, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the senior uh, 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 remains identifier that's uh, that's training. Oh yes. But yeah, he's he's clearly like a lot more curious about this about this radical. Oh yeah, color. he's like in sequence, like she is like like trying to dig it up and like trying to trying to cover it back up and like oh no, it's like this goes way beyond what we are yeah, well, yeah, be, yeah. beyond our mandate. Yeah, this yeah. is like, and he's of course like well, it is an archaeological dig. It where, is like it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a paradoxical thing that at an archaeological dig, space Zaka is being is being in, invited. Like after well, something, it is a good question. At what point does it stop? Where's the difference between grave robbery and archaeology uh, well i'm sure that there's uh, that there's arguments made for the uh, the appropriate inhumation of prehistoric and historic uh, uh, remains like the the, the, the pharaohs why should their bones be on display actually oh, don't absolutely. we have a don't we have a friend who let me see he was studying long bones of uh, archaeological remains throughout the throughout the world vikings specifically if i seem to recall scanning the the the, the long bones to reverse engineer what their profession would have been based on like calcification and yeah, breakages. Like that, yeah. I remember asking him like aren't these aren't these remains precious because in order to uh, to perform his uh, his analyses it also involves like sawing them up and getting oh, yes, cross section yeah, yeah, of them. And he's like yeah well a lot of museums are just like they're drowning in these bones, bones and yeah. they destroy them drawers and drawers from time full. to time. Yeah, I mean, so he could come in and like, do you have any leftovers that I can use? Yeah, it's clear why Robbie is interested in this because he's in the middle of the succession war with ah, the, uh, yes. the Borealis Couture Company. Like he sees this thing and it's shocking, and he's like, "Wow, maybe I can use this. Maybe this is combining him with inspiration because Absolutely. he wants to. He wants to distinguish himself from his sister Abigail." Yeah. Who is uh, uh, is first in line for? Uh, mm. and if for he can like, if he can upstage her, then maybe he can uh, get his foot in and uh, become the next ruler of the Borealis they, Couture Company. Have a title styles himself as a the president. He tries to convince what, Ivan Akenta? So, no, Inokenta. Inokenta. Yeah, so the, the, so the feminine form of Inokenti. It's a Russian name. Oh, okay. Like Yevgeny, Yevgenia. They come from all over the place because they've mm. had the, oh, yes, 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 ha, 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 the early space diasporas. I thought that it was kind of a cool concept that as, as humanity went into space, the vanguard was not the, uh, uh, the established 
um, nations, but rather the peoples who throughout their history had had been displaced. The uh, hmm. the African populations uh, uh, that were that were displaced as part of the African slave trade, or right. the uh, the Chinese and the and the South Indians in the, well, in, the in the coolie trade. Space exploration has the advantage that you can give everybody their own planet and good luck, colonize it, and make the best of it. And right, you get these very, and maybe this explains what you get with the, the monocultural planets that you see in so many uh, space. Fantasies. Oh yeah, the the, the planet like, of nice hats. Yes, we exactly. all wear the nice hats. Yes, the planet of the the hunky people who run everywhere. Oh, that was a great planet. <laughs> Jogging the, the yes. death sentence. That's oh, the one. Yeah, the planet sexy of the, nipple out. Planet of the milk fed boys uh, and girls and oh, they uh, love their jogging yes. and they love their they love their premarital sex. Let's all have some premarital sex. <laughs> Hooray! You know, Kenta like tries to stop him, but he like he managed to snap a few shots with his uh, camera. So at yeah, least the he damage has is already done. Some sort of De- uh, evidence of this new new color to him. I mean, he's never seen it before, and he starts experimenting with it. And he's like, he has to dodge the uh, the fashion police, of course. By this time, a rather uh, small and underfunded uh, organization, because right. none of these crimes are are common at all. The- no, and especially someone like Robbie, who has like you know, he's up in the upper echelons of a fashion company. It's like, yeah, who would no ever, th- who would ever think of uh, that violating would- those codes, those those fundamental. Um, taboos and uh, that, uh, or let alone culture. that he would have the contacts to acquire dyes beyond the bleach and and gold. Yes. Uh, that are the standards for the empire where he lives. Absolutely, uh, the, the the livery that is it, uh, it, literally everyone's uh, coloration, and it sends him into the uh, the bowels of the space settlement, uh, trying to. I really liked that. What was the settlement called again? It was ta- it was the Tau Alpha City one. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, because there were several cities on uh, on Tower of Seti in the uh, what did we call it? The Commonwealth of Milk and Honey. Yep, yes, that's, that's the one. The, that's the one ruled over by his. No, no, it was his mother, Jessica Nova. Oh yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, she uh, she named her children, changed their surnames as well. Or it's, it's one of those male female lines things, you know, where they don't have the same surname. Yes, yes, <laughs> they use the Spanish naming convention. Which, Absolutely. Honestly, I think is so much better. Jessica Nova. It's such a, I'm sure that Robbie was was disappointed that he couldn't uh, uh, inherit that name. I will accuse Mr. Hogan of dipping into fantasy space name territory here. No, I think they're both very cool. That's the whole point, isn't it? Well, especially like Jess, uh, Nova just means new, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. So we have Jessica Nova and her and her uh, daughter and heir Avigail Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the upstart Robbie Stardust, uh, who has discovered this this new orange. color. Well, yeah. not new color. No, it's an ancient color. It's an ancient it's, color, it, it, but, it, it, ne- but it's never seen before. Nobody's seen it. And did you did you like? Did you know? Do you know where it came from? Orange. Yeah. The well, the spacesuit. Yeah, yeah. But you know whose spacesuit that was? Well, are we going to tell our readers? Yes, I am. Go on then. That was. Edward Colosso. Uh, uh-huh. He was the leader of the uh, the Zambian space program. Now this yeah. was a, this was a real thing. Uh, it's considered by us a little bit of a joke. So I rather liked when I saw it in the uh, mm. in the book. So in the the real Zambian space program was founded by a grade school teacher. That's uh, that's that's Edward Colosso, um, and he trained uh, twelve men and one girl and six cats, and they were going to beat the USSR and America. Not just to the moon, but to Mars. Okay. He was going to build an 88-ton drum, was going to be the foundation of their rocket that was made out of copper, because Zambia is rich in copper, Uh, and was going to take them to to Mars. Wow. Several men and one girl and and several cats, for some reason. Did they ever launch? 
Uh, no, no, no. They, they like they did a lot of training. Yeah. So they did their zero g training by uh, being spun around on tire swings and then having the swing cut as they as they reached uh, apex. Wow! <laughs> you get so three and a half seconds of free fall. The, the average vomit comet doesn't do that much better, right? Thirty to forty seconds. Oh, so more. it's an order of magnitude. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. For is that? alternatively, the astronauts could be put in oil drums and rolled down a hill as a as a as a way of simulating like the right. the stress of, of reentry. Of yes. Poor Edward, he, he found it quite hard to keep them focusing on the space stuff because the, the, there are very few quotes, but one of them, uh, um, uh, there was far too much lovemaking and it was very hard to keep them focused on the space things. What if you put like handsome youngsters together, you know? And they had to be fit and they exactly. had to be uh, uh, strong. And, and, and That's why and, they go through many, so through many condoms at the, at the Olympics. You know, there's like oh, athletes right. in their prime, yeah. like fit young men and women who are at it because they've they've been training like non-stop and then they do their contest yep and, and they're done it. and now they have to live in this village with For the world's fittest weeks. horniest people <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, i had a colleague um and her like nephew was in charge of condom logistics for the 2012 london olympics yeah it came down to uh, twelve thousand for the first week, and then another like twenty thousand on standby because just in case. And apparently, like the archers and the marksmen were the worst because <laughs> they went first, <laughs> and so they were. Those people tend to be like somewhat older, so the, the more ter- stamina, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I'm saying it's not like the, the gymnasts who are like super fit, super especially, the, especially the women are like barely out of their teens in most cases. Especially archers and uh, other shooting disciplines, they tend to be much older usually than yeah, because uh, those are disciplines that. Yeah, that like improve with age. Yeah, absolutely. They're like peak peak youth and fitness isn't. Yeah, it doesn't age the stability. Prime, yeah, it's not the it's not, it's not the prime thing. I mean, you have to be healthy and fit. But 2012 again, I think the the women's skeet, uh, the lady who took that was like well into her 40s or even into her 50s. You know, it's like good on her. Lots of experience and just like yeah. dead eye shots. Like yeah, okay, great. Because <laughs> you you have to just sort of go for it, much like uh, anyway. Edward Coloso. Just went for it. He decided that yeah. his his brand new nation, Zambia, uh, uh, deserved its own space program. And he ended up on Tau Alpha Ceti. In the well, real world, he yeah. didn't because the whole program was shut down before it received the seven million uh, Zambian pounds that they requested from the government mm-hmm. and the one point five billion. Uh, dollars that they'd uh, requested from the United, United Nations. Nations. Yes, wow. exactly. Uh, but before either of those rejections could come in, uh, the whole thing was cancelled because the uh, uh, the space the girl sex. became pregnant oh. and her parents came and got her and then the cats ran away and then what was the point anymore? <laughs> I love that there was even... Uh, I've seen one interview with him mm-hmm. um, by by like a, a, a BBC dude who who kind of mocked them because they were they were they were called these uh, these local crackpots and like Edward Coloso he he walks around with this this old army surplus helmet yeah. and a cape so that everyone can see that he's in charge of the Zambian space program but apparently in this world for Inherit the Stars oh, by he made it. Hogan he got there he got his funding and he made it into space now uh, I can't I can't never sex w- the uh, uh, the astronaut in question whether it's they, maybe this might be Matha, the the original space girl. Yeah, well, the book doesn't touch on it either. It's just like the the body gets buried again under. Uh, yeah, because it's an artifact. Yeah, no, totally. But but and because it's wearing forbidden orange, like you can't you can't come back with that. You know, like there would be like a riot. It's like the 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 the, it's a very the fashion puritanical. The attitude. fashion police would yes. be right on top of them because supposedly like orange is tacky. Orange isn't even mentioned. He has to like come up with his own name for. He calls it. 
in the book, he calls it Aeon Halcyon. As because That's he doesn't cool because he doesn't have a name for orange. He doesn't know it. At this point, I really sympathise with with Robbie Stardust, and I admire his his uh, imagination because, uh, as I mentioned uh, uh, last week or the week before, um, I've been developing the ability to see in the ultraviolet spectrum yes. as a as a as a consequence of the curious diet that I've been uh, that I've been fed mm-hmm. before the opening of the cafeteria. Thanks yes. to my library card, um, and I and I had to do some significant research to to find names for these colors but like the boldness of just of just naming it something it's certainly a cool word like eon halcyon is a cool it name is. it's like well he, he does work for the one of the major uh, fashion companies in the universe it's like, oh it's kind of his so thing. it's maybe less inspired and more commercial like well so that he can trademark it like the rival corporations are like going at it it's a cutthroat business especially with borealis couture being in the uh, in the throes of the succession war between him and his and Abigail. It's, it's what he thinks that will launch him into the best position to be able to take out the company from under his sister little does he know just how how profoundly these uh, uh, these efforts will I mean, not exactly backfire, but escalate, because he is indirectly responsible for the Pantone putsch. It's not just uh, Borealis Couture, where this dissatisfaction with monochromatic life is is brewing. From, yeah. like, everywhere else, they are, they are desperate for new colors, for new identities, for, for ways to distinguish themselves from other people that have not been available to them since the... Uh, the fashion wars. Yes, yes, which resulted in the destruction of Earth. Let's just get that out there. That was directly caused by the design diabolique. <laughs> design diabolique. <laughs> the design that should not have been. It meant the end of life on Earth. I, I, I was confused by it, what it was supposed to look like. It was it was almost this this Lovecraftian. It, yes. Like apparently that there is a it's there like is the, a shape or a pattern or a set of colors or whatever that maybe, just maybe it involves orange. It's kind of like the, uh, the 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 world's funniest joke, you know, by Monty Python. Oh yes. This heavily militarized joke. Absolutely, that, and that's what what happened that with this fashion. Be told without with, anyone. And that's what happened with this fashion design. The the yeah the the, the the design diabolique the uh, as it's known in French. Yes, the design diabolique. Well, he goes back to the records uh, uh, regarding the destruction of Earth, which he uh, had access to as a, as an archaeology student. He, he combines it with the family records of the of the corporation, and he starts working on. Well, I won't say that he's like trying to copy the design diabolique, but he's definitely working with some of the ideas that are involved. It's such a tricky thing because the Lovecraftian reference uh, uh, earlier, like how do you describe something that um, the mere seeing or thinking of it causes causes madness? A, that's a classic problem when it comes to summoning the eldritch gods. Writing things down when you're going mad is quite difficult. And yeah, it's like, I guess that's why the, those those uh, like Cthulhu prayers look so scrawled. demented. Yes, demented. Absolutely. You know, Cthulhu fatagan. Miss Armstrong starts worrying uh, about Robbie. She, she notes that he's getting withdrawn, and he's like he's not focusing on his on his archive duties anymore. He's kind of neglecting his uh, yeah uh, yeah his duties there, withdrawing more and more, working on this design. He has to find a way to produce this color, and it's yeah. He he makes some rather rather unsavory uh, underworld contacts such as. Jack Bonham, right? Yes, he's uh, the, the the guy who provides him with. Uh, actually, the, his first experiments are quite interesting. He, he uses bleach to to dye some black clothes and like bleach them oh, out, and it turns like into this right. orange. Like, well, of course, true black doesn't <laughs> exist. It's more like in this case, it turned out to be a more darker brown, and when I'm covering it with bleach, it becomes more of an orange well, color. Well, the, the the asshole inventor of Vanta Black would think otherwise. I mean, that's the one, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, well, no, no. The, the the inventor of Vantablack is not the asshole one. The asshole one was the artist who who bought the sole rights to be able to use it. Ah, that's right. Yes, the inventor was just like someone who went like, oh, it's really cool. If, like we have these little nanoparticle things that just absorb almost all light. There wasn't there someone yeah, who invented who, like a, a, a particular color of pink and licensed it to to for everybody to use except, except for this, for this one particular dickhead. artist. Yes, good. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely, and then he. Uh, managed to get some of the stuff through a buying through by buying it through a proxy, and there, 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 there was a whole there was so much drama about this; it was ridiculous. If we think that the fashion wars are a ridiculous premise in this in this book by James P. Hogan, like the very fact that that happened in our world and in the last decade, oh yeah, uh, should say should say uh, otherwise. People, like, people, some people take clothing way too serious, and just clothing, but like dyes and colors oh, are I, I, are very like. Yeah. The Romans they wore purple as a as a as a as a royal color because it, it was expensive. expensive. Yes, yeah, and a lot of other identities are built on on like oh, do you know why jeans are called jeans? No, I do not. Because it was the bleu de jean, uh, the the uh, the indigo dye for the cotton process uh, that became that became jeans. Okay, uh, was was from Genoa, which is jean mm. in French, until the French copied it in Nîmes, where it was the bleu de Nîmes denim. Oh, okay, yeah. But- I've actually recently watched a chemist reproduce the the, the process. It's very interesting. It's very fascinating to watch how oh, it's making uh, indigo dye dye for jeans. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, because how do you how do you make a substance that you can that you can soak something in, but that doesn't come off when you soak well, it in well, water? The, the problem. Well, that's the thing. It's like the indigo dye in its uh, regular state is insoluble in water. So ah. what they do, they perform a chemical reduction on it yeah. into a uh, into a slightly different state. Then they soak the cloth in that in, in in that dye, and then take it out again. And when it reacts with oxygen, it reverts back into the other state. But but by then it's already soaked into oh. the fibers, and it just exactly it reverts into the insoluble uh, right. state while it's in the fibers uh, under oh, the influence of the clever. oxygen. So it's like it's 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 more of a yellowish color, and you can see it as soon as he pulls it out of the liquid. And rings it, it rings out. You can immediately see it starting to go blue as it reacts with with the oxygen oh, in the air. Cool. Too, it does. It is. It's very. Uh, <laughs> it's very Learn fascinating. Something new every day. Yeah. Now, of course, that kind of information was on the forbidden index of the uh, yes. uh, the Commonwealth of Milk and Milk and Honey. That was one of the things that the uh, the fashion yeah. police were uh, policing more than anything else. Absolutely. Just this forbidden knowledge. Yes. And it turns, of course, into the uh, final showdown with uh, Miss Armstrong and Robbie. As it turns out that the uh, space sock is merely the uh, the front for the uh, oh, yeah? un- the underground fashion police. It's like it's 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 the organization that they use to get everywhere ah, in yeah. space, and like er- every Zakai member is actually a uh, secret f- fashion police agent as well. And it's definitely a part of their protocol that if they ever encounter this, they yes. have to cover it up. They have Absolutely. to bury it, which, or is, destroy lit- it. which is actually literally depicted what on the Inokenta front cover of the book. Is, uh, uh, is doing, doing yes. literally covering it up, shoveling the sand back on, and going. Yep. Like, Except for Robbie, who is too green and also too socially senior for her to... Yes. He's grown up in fashion. He's like, this is new. This is interesting. This is going to propel him into the career. It's going to make him win the uh, succession war over his sister. But this confrontation is overtaken by... Because we we pointed out previously, like, his idea was that he was going to distinguish himself by uh, by presenting orange and and by flirting with the design diabolique. Yes. Um, Breaking the taboo. But he has no idea... 
just how powerful uh, a, a wellspring of resistance and and desire for identity he's, he's unleashed. Like yes. the Pantone push is in is in is in full swing. Absolutely, they're, they're they're coming down on him like a ton of bricks, or in this case, a small asteroid. What he doesn't know at this point is that they've set this asteroid on a collision course with the uh, Tau Alpha Ceti settlement. This is their ace in the hole. Their Design card. If we can't stop this, we are going to wipe out the entire settlement because we cannot allow this to uh, uh, this knowledge to escape. They know they can like push it out of the way until like right at the last moment. But it's yeah, like, but it's, a, it's a, essentially to scuttle an entire planet, and they're willing to do it if this gets out there. Then it's boom. Oh, terrible accident! No, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, these things happen. Little do they know, however. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, oh, go on then. Don't put it on me. <laughs> Little do they know what, Kaki. <laughs> no, I've actually got that because we mentioned Jack Bonhomme, and mm-hmm. Jack Jack Bonhomme was the uh, uh, it was oh. a popular uprising where the where the where the Jack the the common folk uh-huh. uh, were rising up, and the leader was was pejoratively called. Uh, Jacques Bonhomme, uh, uh, okay. Jack Good Guy, yes. essentially. He, he, the, every, exactly. the everyman. Yeah. Uh, 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 no, this insult is you take it a badge of honor. Yes. So uh, uh, this person has taken on this this identity um, and and rallied his his other um, rainbow revolutionaries around him. Oh, why didn't I write that yes. down? That would have been so much better than Pantone Putsch. Oh. Uh, the rainbow revolutionaries, and they've been they've been secretly at work. I know about Orange. It's they like know about it's orange right there in the middle. <laughs> Roy G. Biv. Uh, no, it's not. It's red, orange, yellow, yes, well. green. Ro- this reminded me of. Um, oh, we did a book about oh, the uh, fire of the gods. God's fire. God's fire. God's fire. That's what it was called. Yes, absolutely. By, by Cynthia Felice, where uh, an outnumbered revolutionary insurgency force knows that they're uh, uh, dominating establishment mm-hmm. has a, a, a contingency super weapon that yes. they will use to utterly obliterate them and there do you and they yeah. count on it being used because these people of the, the 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 rainbow revolutionaries have been essentially dying the interior of this planet so that were this planetoid so that when it crashed into the Absolutely. into the planet it just explodes in a and they've got the media coverage beaming it live to the universe visible somehow with FTL telescopes from across the across the galaxy like in Star Wars like the Force Awakens that scenes that the scene that you really like yes, where everyone it. across the galaxy can see this this super weapon Which streaking across the galaxy yes. and it makes complete sense because it's called a hyperlight weapon okay they say it they say it's a hyperlight weapon and so that makes it all okay so in this case what they see is a, just I, I will never forgive Mr Abrams for that <laughs> nor for putting uh, uh, the Klingon homeworld and earth within the transporter distance of each other it was a super transporter it mm. It was an incredible, like, 24th century Which super transporter. Which worked once and was never, ever used again. In this timeline, because uh, uh, it, w- it was classified. Really. <laughs> so, yes, this completely internally consistent world produced by J.J. Uh, Abrams. And apparently there will not be any more, any more Star Trek films. Oh, for, well, for Abraham Abrams. was great. Do you, know what, do you know what it reminded me when this, this final scene where... And we don't see that very often in a book where fucking everyone dies. All, mm. of, the, all of our main characters... Like none of them, none of them survive. I thought we were talking about Rogue One. Go on, <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Uh, that was Gareth Edwards. I know. Gareth Edwards. <laughs> 
There's a movie that I appreciated more and more the more oh, I, I love watched it. it. So we have this planetoid being crashed into a into a planet in into order to silence this sparkle. Yes. yes, because the interior has been dyed. They've been working for years chemically yeah. treating the interior of this. It's, of this it's, it's kind of filled with this powder, which just like bursts out into this orange expanding cloud. It's like orange, daytime flower fireworks. Blue, like it's all over the place. It's this fantastic. Yes. It reminded me of like the, holy the uh, yes, uh, absolutely, yeah. The the the, 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 rain, the, the renegade rainbow. Are just this beautiful fan of destruction and and a, and a new color. diaspora of color scattering the galaxy with way more power and vibrance and than like, any of the conformity. And I love the epilogue how they go, described it as a terrorist attack. Uh, uh, they tried to spin oh, it. Yeah. In, in, so how they describe it as the incandescent insurgents, Which who is are just such like a good name. absolutely going amazingly. <laughs> They're trying to downplay it, of course, uh, uh, but the cover up no longer works because now like it's out there it's like, and every year more and more of the galaxy the t- is covered in this t- colorful t- powder has t- been broken and no longer will it be silenced or covered up by the cloak of yep. gold and white ah yeah very good the 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 honey and milk the honey of and, the yes. uh, uh, of the of the commonwealth and so that sort of ties in not very well but we'll forgive james p hogan for that with the the title of inheriting the stars where Maybe it's more like colouring in the stars. Oh, stars have their own spectrum. You have the red oh, yeah, shift, uh, yeah, 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 and the orange giants, which somehow get like hand waved out of existence. The fact that those stars exist, yeah, exa- I know. You have this spacefaring civilization, or like where, any rainbow, where you know, it's yeah, like not mentioned at all. <laughs> the fact that there's like, what's that colour then? It's like mm, we don't talk about that colour. No, we don't talk about that. Rainbows are haram. No, that. That's why their visors are are so opaque. Like they just don't have windows on they're their like on their spaceships. Yeah, yeah, they're completely colored up. They're like they're, they're spectrum filtered for the uh, just like to, no, they're screens. That's right. I remember it was described how their how their helmets are completely opaque, but on the yes. interior it's a black and white screen, screen, and they just have cameras on the uh, uh, yes. on the helmets, which. Yeah, that explains that. Absolutely. Very, yeah, no, great. That's great work by James P. Yes. Hogan. Thank you very much. Now, how are we going to rate this book out of... Seven? Uh, Six? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to rate it blue out of violet. It doesn't border. There's indigo. Indigo is in between oh, them. Well, like you've yeah, got red, red, yellow... Red, yellow, green, blue, no, red, indigo, red, violet. orange, red, orange, yellow. Me. Thank you very yellow, much. Oh, green, yeah, blue, I've been indigo, indoctrinated by the by the yeah. faction police. So we're going to rate it blue. Give it a blue out of rainbow. Yeah, why not? Yeah, blue out of okay. rainbow. Well, a blue out of rainbow. Wow, I have to write the show notes for this. You know. <laughs> Thanks again to to Chris for suggesting Inherit the Stars by James P. Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's we a- really enjoyed uh, reviewing this book. Uh, yeah, it's a, no. definitely a book that's in line of, with the kind of material that we, we we review. Definitely, unquestionably a book. And for the readers at home, um, you can find us at Cover My Cast on Twitter, Facebook, or uh, email, or the good old-fashioned web. And while we love being your dirty little secrets, if you mention uh, Cover My Ass to a friend, to an enemy, to a, to a relative, something magical might happen, like a, a, a lucky penny falling from space. As I'll, the saying goes, if you don't like something, tell us. If you like us, tell someone else. That's the yes, that's the old saying. Do we? Hey, Kay, do, yes. ha, do, are we going to have next week? Book? We have a book for next week. Yes, it is Chelsea <laughs> Martin's Page Turner. Everything was fine until whatever. <laughs> It's my new favourite book, and that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only, we only judge a book by its cover. cover. We made it. High oh, five. Ah. <laughs>